your girl Rachel back with another episode. Yeah, so sorry for the late video last time. It was supposed to come out on Tuesday. It came out on Thursday because I had a problem with the edited version. I had to go back and re-edit some stuff, but we got it out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed and we are picking back up where we left off last episode. But before we start, we're going to, you know, pray and then we'll get started. So dear Heavenly Father, God. I pray, Lord, that you will give me the right words to say, that you will open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you may have for us today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will have your way with this episode, that you will speak through me to your to your children specifically um, and the individually and uniquely. I pray all these things and many, many more in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So to kick us off, we're going to, we're, first of all, we're going to be closing out chapter four and then next week we'll be in chapter five, which may or might not take one to several weeks i don't know how i'm gonna do that yet because chapter five talks about the fruits of the spirit so anyway we'll get to that next week this week we're going to finish up chapter four so i'm going to start in galatians chapter four verse 21 and we're going to read to 31 so in 21 it says tell me you who want to be under the law are you not aware of what the law says for it is written that abraham had two sons one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The, the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother, that being Sarah. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, and you who were and you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. In verse 28, it says, Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now. But what does scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. So... To get, we're gonna we're gonna go back in time <laughs> to Genesis to better understand what it is Paul's talking about. And keep in mind, um, the people who Paul was talking about were they were Gentiles, but they also might have been believing, you know, um, Messianic Jews, Christian Jew, Jewish people. Um, long story short, more than likely they would have been very familiar with the story of Hagar and Sarah and Abraham and the Isaac and Ishmael, they would have known, they kind of, they kind of would have known this because this would have been, um, for the Jewish believers, this would have been their history, you know, and then for the Gentile believers, this was to prove to them because this whole, all of chapter four, all of Galatians so far has been Paul reminding the Gentiles and specifically, well, more broadly, the Galatians that, they do not need to believe any other gospel but the gospel that says that they are free in Jesus' name, amen. You know, no other gospel but by faith in Jesus Christ, 
you know, by the grace of God, we are saved. So and remember, there was a lot of Jewish believers who were trying to push circumcision, trying to push um, some of the things of the old law, adhering to the Mosaic law onto the Gentile believers and saying that that's how they're going to be saved. And Paul's having to remind them, like, no, I said what I said when I when I said it first. You don't follow the old law that has nothing to do with your standing in God's eyes. It's by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. That's how you're saved. So, once again, he's just remind he's the Hagar and Sarah, like he says, these things are being taken figuratively. So, like I said, to better understand the figurative reference that Paul is making, we're going to go back to Genesis. So, starting back in Genesis 12. I'm going to just kind of jump around, summarize a lot of stuff because it's a lot, you know. But... So all the way back to Abraham, and this is before Abraham became called by the name, or was called by the name Abraham. This is when he was still called Abram. So in Genesis 12, Abram God, uh, was promised by God this, and I'm going to read. So in Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So one thing from this. Verse 2 it says I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. At this time Abram, Abram was like I receive it. But I don't have any children. So at this time Abram was childless. Sarah was barren. All he had was. He had his nephew, Lot, and his family, and he had his uh, servants in his household. But that's all he had to leave an inheritance to. He had no children of his own at that time. So imagine, you know, receiving a promise from God, a word from God, and saying, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. You're like, I, I hear it. And I, I want to believe you and I believe you because, you know, when we read, we read in Galatians 3, in the beginning of chapter 4, it talks about how Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Which is what we'll read in Genesis uh, 6, 15. But, or 16, 15. Yeah, 15. Sorry. Um, but, once again, just try to imagine that. Like, that might have been difficult to kind of picture. Obviously, faith is believing in things not seen the substance of things hoped for so of course you wouldn't have seen it that's you know if you've seen it then it wouldn't require faith but something else i want to point out says i will bless though or scrolling down it says and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you so we know now that jesus has come that the all peoples on earth will be blessed through you is through jesus so remember jesus is all throughout the the, the bible the old and the new so things like verse 3 in chapter 12, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, that the bless, the way that people will be blessed through Abraham is because of the birth of Jesus Christ, <laughs> our Lord and Savior. Amen, 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 amen. So anyway, that was just like I said, that was just kind of the promise that God had made Abram to get to Sarah and Hagar and how that whole situation is going to come to pass. So in Genesis 15, verse five once again it is it says um it says he took him outside and said look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them 
Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So once again, reiterating the promise that he had made to Abram in chapter 12, that you will become a great nation. And he's like, you're going to have so many offspring. It's going to be like the stars in the sky. You can't even count them all. So that's kind of the promise. That's the expectation that God has set himself uh, on himself for, for Abraham to believe for. So moving on. So that was 15. So in chapter 16, I'm sure a little bit of time has passed, but not that much time. And we are introduced to Hagar. So I want to um, read... Or actually, so yeah, we're introduced to Hagar, and then we're going to read verses 2 through 4, which will kind of talk about this plan that Abram's wife, Sarai, who became, who comes, becomes Sarah, but Sarai at the time, she comes up with this plan, and it was outside of the will of God, because God was going to make this child come to pass, not out of the, not out of Sarah putting in her own little two cents. So when Sarah did that, she messed herself up. So we're going to read about it. Uh, Genesis 16, verses 2 through 4. It says, so, this is, uh, oh, okay, yeah. So it says, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Uh, no, that's not what God meant. <laughs> that's not what he meant when he says all nations are going to be blessed through you. That's not what he, that's not what he meant when he said I'll make you into a great nation. In verse 3. It says, uh, Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. So if you were to continue reading in verse in chapter 16, you would see that Hagar got pregnant. And it says she conceived, she got pregnant. She started acting different. She started to despise her master, her mistress, rather, Sarah. And Sarah sent her away, and then God's like, go on back. And so she goes back and has her, has her son, Ishmael. So that's how we get, that's how Hagar got brought into the picture. And when we kind of, when we kind of go down to verse, I'm sorry, to chapter 21, we're going to flash forward some 13, 14 years. We can tell because when Ishmael was born, Abraham was 86. When Isaac was born, Abraham was 100. So, 14 years and then, you know, making time for being born before somebody's birthday or after somebody's birthday. Yeah, whatever. 13 to 14 years. So, some time has passed and Sarah gives birth to Isaac. And in verse 2, chapter 21, Genesis chapter 21, verse 2, it says, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. So once again, God is faithful. God keeps his promises. So remember that. Lock that in your heart, you know, your little heart locket. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. And it says, and he does everything in his perfect timing. We don't think it's perfect. I surely don't always agree that his timing is perfect. But when you submit yourself to God and his will for your life, and once you're on, you know, when you're on the other side of things and things do, when, when his when due season has is due and things are happening, um, answered pray, prayers are being answered, you do see how the Lord's hand was in all everything and how it was in his perfect time that things happened at the time they happened, you know. So anyway, God, God knows what he's doing. He's much smarter, much wiser, much more knowledgeable than we are. So he knows at the right time to do things and 
how much we can handle, when, where, why, you know, he knows everything. So we just trust him. So, all my rambling brings us once again to Genesis 21, verses 8 through 13. So like I said, Sarah has Abraham, uh, Sarah has Isaac. 14 years later, Ishmael's 13, 14 years old. So in verse 8, it says, The child grew, this is Isaac, the child grew and was weaned, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. Does that sound vaguely familiar? We just read it um, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 29 or so. So Paul was quoting from the book of Genesis. Something that Sarah said out of her, home, her own mouth. She, she said, like, get rid of the slave woman and her son because she's never going to share in the inheritance with my son. So in verse 11, it says, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. So obviously Abraham still loved Isaac. It was still his son. It just wasn't the son. It was the son born out of, um, out of the will of God, it, you know, so it was still his child, still something he, somebody he loved, but it wasn't what God had promised him. So that, that's, that's kind of difficult. And this situation is kind of difficult having to send away your son. So it says, uh, it's greatly, greatly concerned because it greatly distressed him because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave woman into a nation too, because he is your offspring. So I thought that was kind of interesting that God still blessed Ishmael and he made him into a great, a great nation, but it wasn't the great nation that Abraham was promised by God. You know, the children of Israel and then eventually um, all those, all of us, you know, Jew and Gentile, who are united under Christ Jesus, that is the great nation that Abraham was promised by God. You know, it started off with started off with the children of Israel, and then, like I said, through from Israel, from Isaac, we get Jesus, and then Jesus unites everybody. That's the great nation, the united nation of Jew and Gentile, all believing, all united under Christ Jesus, all submitted to the Lord under or by faith in Christ Jesus. That's the great nation that was promised. And so it's interesting though. It's it's once again God is even still faithful in our, with our mistakes, you know. He's still faithful despite our mistakes, despite despite our sin, despite our meddling in his plan, you know. Um he still blessed Ishmael. Um which is interesting. There's a lot of theories on Ishmael and Islam and all this kind of stuff, but that's not the topic for today. So I'm going to leave that for another day. I might have talked about it, actually. I don't remember. I think I've studied it, but I might have talked about it in an older podcast. You have to, we just have to listen to, the, to them all to figure out where I said something. But not the point. The point is today that going back to Galatians chapter 4, we kind of, you know, I wanted to go through Genesis to see how everything kind of, how everything uh, transpired to how we get to where we are in Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31. We see that you have a slave woman and you have a free woman. And Paul makes it, like I said, he takes things figuratively. And he's like, the slave woman represents the law given to Moses on 
Mount Sinai, whereas the Free Woman is representative of the covenant of grace that God makes with his people who place their faith in Jesus Christ. So those are two different things. One, you're a slave to the law. The other one, you're a slave to righteousness, which it talks about in Romans chapter 6. Um, but once again, I just want to just kind of sum up this idea because we were kind of chapters 1 through 4 of Galatians have seemed for the most part to be about it's Paul's been drilling home you know don't believe in this false gospel this fake gospel that says that you have to be submitted to the old law to be saved Paul's like absolutely incorrect it is by grace through faith no it is by faith through grace by grace it is by grace through faith in Christ Jesus that you are you are saved nothing else yeah it is and out of your out of that faith is where we get our works that we talk about in James it's you know we're saved to do good works um so I'll just kind of sum everything up in Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 it says understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham in Galatians 3 26 it says in Christ so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith and then once again in uh, verse 29, chapter 3, 29, it says, So if you believe in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That sums up everything, in my opinion, that we've been talking about up to this point when it comes to the book of Galatians. Saved by grace through faith. That's a common theme in Ephesians, a common theme in Colossians, Romans, uh, pretty much every book. Every letter that Paul wrote to a church, he's re-emphasizing that, which is the gospel. He's re-emphasizing the gospel message. So we made it all the way to this part. We know where we stand with Christ. We know who we are. We are children of Abraham. And because we are children of Abraham and we belong to Christ, we are children of God and co-heirs with Christ in the inheritance. So now that we've gotten to that part, now that we have that understanding, now what do we do? You live, you live free. You live, and not free to do anything you want to, um, because if you, because when you, when you come to the knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll realize that doing, there is no such thing as free. You're free to sin. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Okay, you are free to, you are free to do good to other people, because it doesn't matter what they think about you. Because you're like, I'm doing this. I'm doing good for you because God tells me to. Because God. Because I'm doing good to you because of what God has done for me. It's out of our faith, out of our love for God, that we love people. So it's it ceases to be a it ceases to be a more like strict law, this law, that law, and becomes more of a relationship. I'm sure that's a really common theme um, with a lot of us is relationship with God, relationship with Jesus, because it becomes. Because I love Jesus, because I love God, I'm going to do these things. Or because I love God, and he says not to lie, I'm not going to lie because I know it is displeasing to God. And I want to please God because I love God. Same thing as it is with a parent, with a sibling, with a friend, with a spouse. When you're, you, Because you want to please your spouse, please your sibling, please your, your parent, please your friend. You do what they ask you to, not because you necessarily have to, but because you want 
too because it brings them happiness it brings them joy and you want to you want to be something that causes joy peace and happiness to them because it's how you show your love for them so us doing good works us doing good us living um as slaves of righteousness like i said as it says in romans 6 verse 18 that's how we are able to further express our love for god to the world so like i said now what got two big verses and we'll be done so in romans chapter 7 verses 4 through 6 it says uh, the subheading is released from the law bound to christ so you are free from the law but you are bound to christ so it says so my brothers and sisters you also died to the law through the body of christ that you might belong to one another to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. So once again, we're, we're, we were, we died to the old law, free from the old law so that we can bear fruit for God. We can be witnesses for God to the world. It says in verse four or five, for when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we may serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So now we're going to skip on to Colossians uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 9b, which is the second half of verse 9. It says, uh, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity so yeah you are if you believe in jesus you know then you are a, a child of abraham a child of the free woman, of the new Jerusalem that is above. You are a child of promise. And you are, as according to Colossians 3, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And if we are all these things, then we need to begin to act like it. And I'm talking to myself especially, but also to anybody who hears this and is convicted. Begin to start acting like you are, in fact, a child of God. You are, in fact, a child, a true child of Abraham, that you are in fact an heir and a co-heir with Christ in the inheritance. We got to start acting like it because we don't act like it today. So remember Colossians 3, remember Romans 7, remember everything that we've studied and hopefully you've studied on your own personal time up to this point when it comes to the book of Galatians because chapter 5 of Galatians is going to be more diving into the now what that we just talked about the living free you know what it is to truly be free in christ what that looks like 
you're not free to do whatever you want. You're free to love people and you're free to love God and you're free to do good to people. You're free to bear fruit for God. That's what we're free to do. Not to just lollygag and act like time ain't ticking away because it is in fact, you know, nearing the end. So that's not what we're free to do. We're free to be, we're free to do good for others. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. Next week, we're going to jump into chapter five. Like I said, I don't know exactly how I'm going to break chapter five up just yet. I do know that I want to spend a good amount of time on the fruits of the spirit. So the fruits of the spirit might be its own episode where we kind of just take each one and read a little bit about each of them. Just the whole episode. That one might be kind of long. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to pray about it. So I'll just be praying for me that the Lord guide me and how he wants me to do, how, how he wants me to break up chapter five um, and then chapter six, which like I said, are both kind of like the now what, now that I've, now that Paul has established who you are, if you believe, if you believe in Jesus, that this is who you are. Now that he's established what the gospel is and reminded us what the gospel is and um, convicted us on believing anything but what the gospel says. Now that we've gotten to this point. Now we're in the, how do we live from this point on? So it should be pretty interesting, pretty exciting, hopefully extremely convicting for all of us because, like I said, we need to start acting and living like we are, in fact, children of God. I know I said for myself, I need to start acting like that more and more than I do now. I try, but I'll be failing. I'll be falling most of the time. So I have a very low success rate. <laughs> so I gotta, we got to pick that up. We got to ask the Holy Spirit to really come in and come and help us with that because that's the whole point that's why he's here to help us um so yeah that is all i have i'm gonna pray and then we'll be done so the heavenly father god i thank you lord for your grace your mercy your love i thank you jesus christ for coming on that cross and saving us so that we can so, so, so that by placing our faith in you we can become children of god the children of abraham co-heirs with you lord jesus i thank you for your goodness your grace and your mercy I pray that your precious Holy Spirit will convict our hearts in the areas where we need to be convicted and will encourage us to do good to others and to live a life submitted unto you, a live a life bearing the fruit, which we will talk about next week, the fruit of your, your precious Holy Spirit. I pray all these things and many, many more in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, that's all I got. Until next time. Bye.